This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is Brody King, and you're listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts... Nick Howell, and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, episode number 202. I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And with a bigger comeback than Lazarus, this is JB. JB? JB, what are you doing in the impact zone? Oh, hello, sir, Ian Dangerous. Hello, love. How are you today? Good to have you with us on the show. In case you guys are joining us for the first time, JB is not our normal co-host here. Actually, normally it's Nick who's with us, but Nick Howell is out right now. He's had a, a bit of an issue. He had to go to the hospital for some surgeries. Over uh, in a, sir, Ian Dangerous, I believe you mean medical facility. Oh, sorry, local medical facility. Excuse me, excuse me. He's been in a local medical facility for treatment. So JB will be joining us today. Don't worry, everybody. If you were worried about Nick, he is out of surgery. Uh, he's higher than a Montez Ford frog splash right now, <laughs> but all is well. Uh, his there's no rotator cuff issues, which was the big concern. His bicep tear is fixed, so he is going to be 100% okay and should be back on the horse soon, uh, which we're very happy about. And uh, we, yes. we, we sent the best wishes to him uh, and and a quick, speedy recovery. But uh, JB, you were with us again today. You have not been on the show in quite some time. Uh, so for those who may not remember you from the last appearance, would you do me a favor and reintroduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, I think I was on the show back when it was in its little double digits, and now we're in the triple digits. Congratulations, triple digit. yeah. guys. Thank you very much. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, so for those of you who don't know me, I am Judith Brooke, JB for short. I live here in Los Angeles. I'm an actor, performer. I have studied professional wrestling. I've been in the ring. I've taken the bumps. I've got that rope burn, and I am just a fan now and ready to talk about the graps. Yes, absolutely. Well, Thank you for joining us to talk about said graph. So, My pleasure. All right, so I've got to I've got to grill you here real quick. Uh, just uh, real easy questions though. Uh, favorite wrestler, favorite male wrestler. Ooh, okay. Right now, well, current okay. current fail, favorite male wrestler. Uh, let's stick with WWE since that w- that's what we're talking about today. I'm I'm gonna say right now Drew McIntyre because I've been waiting so long for him to be a face. <laughs> so long, you don't understand. Like back when he was on the Indies, I was invested, and then yeah. he came to the main roster and he was a heel, and my heart was broken. 
<laughs> Were you yeah. a fan of his back in his first WWE run where he was like a, a adorable little child, man child? Or I'm I'm more a fan of him now. He's definitely grown into himself. Now that he's a man. Yeah, he's a man. A grown man. Scottish man. A grown Scottish man. Yeah, sorry to all of our Scottish uh, listeners for those horrible accents. We apologize. I, I thought mine was pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that. I uh, mean... Okay, so you're you're a fan of Drew McIntyre right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, rooting for him versus Brock Lesnar WrestleMania. Absolutely. What about what about favorite female wrestler right now? Oh, without a doubt, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Woo! Flair. All right, controversial right there because a lot of people don't like her because they feel she gets too much of a push. Do you feel she gets too much of a push? No, I think she gets the push she deserves because other ladies need to step up to her level. Oh my. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so a very big fan of of Miss Charlotte. Uh, least favorite wrestler. Uh, you know, that's a longer list. <laughs> okay, uh, just some of, the, some of the tops then. Okay, um, okay. well, there's Earthquake, uh, Scarred for John Life. Tenta? John Tenta? Or John Tenta, I should say. There are some things you can never unsee. He had, he and, had a very, very large man taint, that one. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. Scarred for Life for some of the things I've seen that man do. <laughs> Um, you would not want to have Earthquake sit on you, is what you're no, saying. No, absolutely. I would no. You would not want to take a bump mm-hmm. from from John Tenta. I quit. I quit. Like like if he did a stink face, it'd be an I quit match, and I would quit right away as soon as the bell <laughs> rang. You wouldn't even start the match. No, you'd be like, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm good. out. I'm out. It's not worth it. All right. So Earthquake is is, is a low point. Yep. What Baron about modern Corbin. ones? Baron Corbin. Baron Okay, not a fan of Baron Can't Corbin. Can't stand Baron Corbin. Isn't that kind of the point of Baron Corbin though? <laughs> God, he's so good at it. <laughs> I just want him to go. I get to, my blood pressure rises every time he's on the screen. Well, speaks to the quality of heel work that he does, I suppose. But he goes against doctor's orders. I, I, now, have you have you watched his whole career, or is it just like now, Barry yes, Corbin? Ever since he was in the performance center, oh, wow. I I couldn't stand. As soon as I saw him, what was that show? Um, Breaking Ground. Yeah. Couldn't stand him on Breaking Ground. I was like, that guy's a douche. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's kind of the character he plays. But his, he used to have that ponytail, remember? Uh, well, the long like hair that looked like Venom, like the skin of Venom, the alien the Spider-Man villain, like this like stringy like. Yeah. Oh, thank you, you for know. that sound effect. Symbiote. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> So awesome. Well, welcome to the show, JB. Uh, guys, you. you can see her over in our Facebook discussion group. In fact, that is the hub of our operations. All the all the things go through Facebook. Uh, you can search for us on Facebook and find us there and ask to join and you will be added to the group. Uh, we post all kinds of fun memes and, and, and talk about the current state of wrestling and, and ourselves and just have a bunch of fun over there. But one thing we don't do is post spoilers, and there's a 24-hour moratorium on spoilers. For that, we go over to our Discord mm-hmm. server, and uh, Discord is a lot of fun. Uh, that's just that's always going. Any shows that are happening, we'll, we'll start up a uh, chat for it there, uh, including current shows as, as well. And uh, we had a lot of fun talking about TakeOver this weekend and, uh, and Raw. So check us out on Discord as well, and that's a lot of fun. And if you have a trouble getting in there, there's instructions on our Facebook discussion group on how to join up there. We're on Twitter at BWO Podcast, and uh, if you guys want to support the show, you can head over to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash BWO. And if you sign up for one of our tiers, you can get everything from swag like shirts, etc., cetera, uh, access to the show like show notes, uh, up all the way up to Skype calls with myself and Nick and maybe JB in the future. Hey. Uh, the ability to ask questions on the dedicated show that we have to our listener questions, the patron mailbag episode. Uh, you can also participate 
in the patron pickums, which happens every big four pay-per-views, every big four WWE pay-per-views, we do the patron pickums. It's so uh, much fun. It is a lot of fun. Uh, you actually you whooped some ass on the last one there, JB. Hey, it was, hey. Yes, I did. You, you got some I of those. I beat both the hosts, if I do remember yeah, correctly. You did. Thanks That's for right. thanks for rubbing it in. You got one of the stickers with the googly eyes because um, y'all went against my girl Charlotte. Well, yeah, I'm I I'm not happy with my picks <laughs> the last couple. Uh, props to Chris White. He's our current champ. He will be defending his belt, his metaphorical belt, at WrestleMania. So if you sign up. To our Patreon, you can then also challenge for that title at WrestleMania, which is coming up in only 48 days, 47 days now. Uh, Good God. Uh, we are also, we're on YouTube. We are on the tubes of you, uh, youtube.com <laughs> forward slash busted wide open. Obviously, we're not live today because uh, Nick is usually our tech guy. He's got the Starship Enterprise over there uh, in North Carolina, <laughs> but uh, we're not able to use that today because... He's out. He's uh, he's off being drugged up somewhere. So today it's just right here in the danger cave in sunny Southern California that we're recording this. Uh, but normally we go live on YouTube every Tuesday at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern, and on Saturdays at 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern. And after our Saturday show is done, which is usually about two hours later, we do the patron mailbag episode also live on youtube so mm-hmm. yep you know go to youtube sign up you know the deal hit the uh, subscribe button hit the little notification bell so you know when we're starting up and that's the best way to catch us over there so that's the housekeeping done jb that's how we yes. do it uh i don't know how nick does that every week man that's that's a whole lot of it's information a it's it's a lot of mouthfuls but uh <laughs> it's not just mouthfuls it's brainfuls we got to talk about right now jb so let's head over and talk about the pay-per-view that went down this sunday and that would be nxt takeover portland so as per usual, this takeover was pretty good this was I think superlative. Like this is, you've seen your fair share of takeovers. Was this one of the best takeovers you've ever seen, top to bottom? I'd say so, with a few little moments uh, that I, you know, there were yeah that I, I thought was, could be a little better. But overall, hmm, yeah, it was an amazing show. I think that there was a couple of like the ending of two of the matches. I think was a little bit of a downer because they had interference mm-hmm. and that kept them from being like great matches but they're setting up stuff down the road. So I understand why they did it. Yes. But really like, first of all, it was a kind of an unusual takeover. You had, it was on a Sunday instead of a Saturday. It was six matches instead of five and full matches, not like five and a squash. It was six full matches. Yeah. And, and that was surprising, but it was also, there was not a, like, usually one of the matches is a little bit underwhelming or one or two, you know, this was six, Totally solid matches. Yeah, absolutely. Every one of these matches was like balls to the wall. But that's a really good way of putting it. Like absolutely engaging. I think the only real major uh, issue I had with the show was there was almost no time to catch your breath. No, no. There, I mean, there were a few chances, uh, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, I think I think they were manufactured, and I, and and yes, we, we, exactly. We had a brief talk about this before the show, but we'll wait. We'll wait on that till that segment. Let's talk about. First of all, the beginning of all of this, the pre-show where we had uh, Sam Phillips, Sam Boo! Phillips, <laughs> Boo! and, Mon- <laughs> and Mansoor. Yeah, exactly. I think you hit the nail on the <laughs> head there. Um, Sam Roberts, excuse me. 
Uh, so I love the fact that they're now the first time they did this, where they had the two, they had the whole commentary team along uh, at the top of the ramp instead of at the desk, and the audience there that can hear everything over the house speakers. And it creates that audience interaction. And we, this is the first time we actually saw the audience really getting into it. Like, they were so into it. Booing Sam, cheering Mansoor. Mansoor is playing to the crowd. Sam is dissing the crowd. Like, they're really having fun with this now. Did, is this format catching on? Do you think this is just going to get better and better when they do this? Or is it still kind of awkward? I thought it was good. It set the tone for the rest of the show. The energy was high. You could see that the crowd was was completely into it. So it made me excited for when the matches actually started. Um, I think it, it could get old if the crowd keeps doing the same things, but you know, every crowd is different. So uh, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. This was a hell of a crowd. Too. Yeah. I enjoyed their interaction. There was, that was a really rowdy crowd. They don't get to Portland enough and hopefully they'll, this was actually apparently one of the highest grossing WWE shows really? of the, of the last couple of years and certainly the highest one in Portland ever. And it's an NXT show. So do you have any idea how big that venue was or no? Yeah, it's, it's about a 10,000 person venue. The last time I checked, nice, uh, used to be called the Rose garden. Now it's the Moda center. I, I still call it the Rose garden. No fond <laughs> memories of going there when I used to live in Portland, but that's right. You were, uh, I was up there for a minute. There. I was up there for a minute getting wet with everybody else. Uh, <laughs> But okay, so the other thing I had to ask a question about the Poppy performance. So Poppy did the uh, the song for the show. Yeah. Um, you were not a fan of Poppy, I take it, just from your actual reaction right there. No. I don't know if the listeners saw Poppy when she was first coming out on YouTube. Uh-huh. She has been weird from the get-go. Well, yeah. Well, now she's like this whole other kind of weird where she's taken on this sort of punk rock angry alien thing and it seems like she's using somebody else's gimmick that just doesn't vibe with her essence and the whole thing I thought was kind of a mess. You feel like she's she's pushing in the wrong direction for Yeah, like her. she's trying to go against who she is and it's just not working it's like when you have someone who's naturally a face be a heel and vice versa you know it just it just doesn't it didn't fit for me what did you think i mean i i was not aware of her until she started showing up on nxt and doing some songs for nxt and the first few i dug because i love weird stuff um and i definitely love the weirder side like people put like weird stuff into music for crying out loud i'm in a band where we wear rabbit masks but this is you know so but but this was definitely something where you know, the, uh, DiJack called uh, Damian Priest a knockoff Marilyn Manson recently. This was a knockoff Marilyn Manson. Like, you know, I remember Marilyn Manson back in the uh, uh, mechanical animals days, and this is a little bit reminiscent of that. Some of the things that she was wearing, mm. um, and so it just so it didn't really feel that original to me. No. Um, whereas, like, I was a fan of Diantvord back when they were just weird YouTube darlings, uh, and they stayed weird. You know, well, so, her previous weird fit her better than her current weird. How so? How, do you know how to define that? Or is it just like, do you feel like she's trying to mold herself to be more like in line with the NXT aesthetic? Perhaps or what they expect? that's it. Yeah, I feel like she just put on a costume that just wasn't her. It, she didn't even look like she was enjoying her own performance. Well, yeah, her stage presence was that of a wet sweat sock. I'll agree with that. And <laughs> I know that she's trying to go for the kind of, you know, whatever plastic robot look, but... Yeah, yeah, it didn't. It didn't. It, work didn't, for me. it didn't. It didn't work for me either. Um, so guys, t- chime in if it worked for you, because I want. I really want to understand this. I was like, I don't get it. Yeah, 
I guess I didn't get it either. I'm old. It's the kids are doing these days. I don't get me. Get off my What's lawn. What's going on? Get off my lawn. All right, let's get to the actual wrestling of the show. We opened with Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, I, how do I, for the North American Championship, mm-hmm. you started with this match. They always start with bangers on NXT TakeOvers, but this took bangers to a whole new level. This was a whole lot of hoss banging. This was a <laughs> it was a whole lot of big meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> this was this was a lot of meat slapping. This was a meat market. This was a meat market. This Anano just slapping, flying. Mm. There was some flying meat here. There was meat was soaring through the air. Flying meat. Flying meat. You there was, said it. I did say it. There was meat flinging itself around Keith Lee doing oh my God, I'm Ranas disturbed. on Dijak. Uh, Dijak doing doing corkscrew moonsaults. Oh, my and God. And Fosbury flops. And then uh, in what to me was probably the most terrifying moment of the night. And there were some terrifying moments uh, yes. later on in the show. But the, to me, the most superlatively terrifying moment of the night has got to be Keith Lee Outside of the ring, they've been tussling outside of the ring, and Keith Lee's been sat down in an announcer's chair between the two tables, and that's important. Between the two tables, he's sitting in this chair, woozy, and Dijak goes back into the ring and proceeds to haul himself up. He jumps onto the top ropes, and it's all one smooth motion, so it's like you can see this car crash coming. (laughs) It's kind of in slow motion, but at the same time happening far too quickly for your comfort. He jumps up on the top rope like AJ Styles and, by God, somersaults 10 feet onto Keith Lee, missing both tables by inches, like sharp metal pointed edges of these tables by inches. And Keith Lee catches him. He hits him in such a way that Keith Lee is able to catch him and keep his head from hitting the floor at a million miles an hour. I think I jumped out of my chair. I, I, I almost expired. I got the vapors. I I almost passed out. This was terrifying. Oh my gosh. It was the craziest thing I've seen in a minute. That's for sure. Yeah. And and these two big dudes did things no do, big dudes like this should be able to do. But that's Keith kind Lee of their thing. He is surprisingly weightless. Like he, <laughs> he is such he a floats. huge guy. Yeah, he's I'm like what are you made of air? Like, is it marshmallow inside of you? How do you th- like kip up like that? Glide, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. And Dijak too, man, six seven, near, close to three hundred pounds, and he's he's doing a cork. A, did I say corkscrew moonsault? I said corkscrew moonsault. Dim some big boys. Not some big boys. So here's the other thing, though. They, they kind of got themselves over. This all started with them having a great feud. They were, you know, tag buddies in the Indies, and they feuded on the Indies, and then they had that five star match in PWG. We talk mm-hmm. about it a lot on this show because we were there, and it was <laughs> nuts. Um, and I'm still going to go on record and say that match was better than this match. And mm-hmm. the only reason I say that is because the finishing sequence was a little cleaner. There was some more insane kickouts that just played well together. Uh, whereas this got a little choppy at the end, but that's a nitpick. Yeah. But these guys, and they. At first, NXT, they didn't quite know how to get these guys off the ground. Keith Lee got injured. Dijak got injured. So they didn't really get to, to, to go. And then they finally get the chance to say, okay, we're going to have these guys help each other get over by slowly ramping up these matches. And each match is going to get more and more and more insane. 
And here we go. We finally had this match, which was a pay-per-view level match. And they said, we're taking the leashes off. You boys go out there and ball out. And they did. Yes, they did. Do you feel like this was the the right way to end this feud? Was it the the perfect culmination of it? And that's actually, I think, the real question here is, was because I think Keith Lee was over and he only continued to be over with this match because everyone was like, oh yeah, Keith Lee doing Keith Lee things. Dijak was the one I think surprised a lot of people in this match. He got to do a lot of the big spots. He got to do a lot of crazy stuff. And yes, even though at the end of the match, even though his quote back gave out and he wasn't able to give Keith Lee the feast your eyes and, and Keith Lee um, put him in the big band catastrophe and beat him. Dijak did get to kick out of a couple finishers. He, t- he kicked out of the, the, uh, um, the spirit bomb, which by the way, he didn't just kick out. He, he, he rolled out of it. He mm-hmm. rolled out and stood up. And did what I I love the most about it is his sell, where he was like selling the fact that he was in excruciating pain, but he hulked up out of it. Yeah, it wasn't like he just was like he no sold it. He sold it while coming back on it. Dijak looked amazing in this match, and it's I was the Agreed. one. I was saying that he needed to get over more than Keith Lee at this point uh, for this to work. But I think the guys can go their separate directions now. Like they're they've both made their mark now. Keith Lee is over as hell. He can go have feuds with whoever for the North American Championship. And Dijak came out of this, even though he lost, he looked like a million bucks. Yeah, I think they each gave each other a boost up here. They like you said, they got each other over because they just work so well together. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're so smooth together. Their athleticism is incredible. It's like they know the each other. They do. They, well, <laughs> I know, but they know each other. You know, how, how each other's works. Phrasing. <laughs> Hashtag uh, phrasing. Uh, but okay, so the other thing I liked about this was after the match, you had the moment where they embraced each other. Keith Lee Aww. says, I love you. And then he he helped. Dijak was too weak to get up on the turnbuckle himself, so Keith Lee helped him up so he could pose. Beautiful. My heart. Yeah, exactly. I love some sportsmanship. <laughs> you and Nick both. <laughs> I know. I love it when the boys play nice. That's right. Uh, so that was a great finish to this. I think that's a good way to put the cap on it for now. I know everyone wants something to fight forever, but that was the perfect end to an awesome feud. Um, I'm happy to leave it there for a while. They'll probably bring it back if they both end up on the main roster, but yeah. I'm happy with it ending there. Where do you think each one goes from here, though? Um, that's, I don't know who's going to... I mean, I could see Dijak being... Um, like having a small feud with, with whoever is the NXT champ, or I could see him... Uh, that's the problem. I don't really know where Dijak goes. Ugh. Keith Lee obviously will defend the North American Championship against whoever. You know, mm-hmm. obviously you've got uh, everyone else that Dijak went through to get here, whether it's um, Killian Dane or Damian Priest or whoever. But everybody wants it. All them big boys, lots of big boys. Be the big boy title now. Um, but a, a few that is definitely not over. JB is Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. Oh, no. No. They had a street fight, and I, I honestly, at the time, did not know how they were going to follow this this Lee and Dijak match. I was like, how are you oh, guys going to follow it? they followed it. it. That's, they, they did. They followed it all right. How? I have never been so scared of a trash can in my life. <laughs> <laughs> there was some mean stuff with trash cans. In there. there was mean stuff with everything. They had, what, they had, we had tables. We had a, a cricket a, bat. A cricket bat. A cricket bat, duct uh, tape, which makes sense. Kiwi versus uh, Welsh. That you know, I guess, yeah. We had uh, trainers tape at one point. Knox got uh, taped to the the turnbuckle. 
Um, chairs, of course. Chairs, of course. Tables, tables. of course. Uh, chain. A chain. Oh, yeah, the metal chain. The I metal chain. About that one. Yeah. This was a brutal match. It didn't even get into the ring. Like, they started hot outside the ring. And that was a really smart way to do it. They knew they had to keep up the energy from that first match. Um, it's, you know, it's why they used to structure it where you'd have more and more exciting matches as the night went on. So no one upstage anybody else, Mm -hmm. but this was a smart way. Like say, okay, we got to follow those big boys. Let's come out the gate hot. Give them a totally different match. Absolutely brutal. Um, so in your experience, (laughs) <laughs> how much did this match hurt? Because they went, they went. The, to me, it looked like they went in really hard on each other. Like they were going stiff. I believe uh, the official level of hurt was like hell. <laughs> uh, just based on what I saw there. Yeah, that would be that would be my guess as well. It, they were they were laying it in. They were laying in their shots, and that it helps when you fight your best friend, right? It does. It does because you can go a little harder on them. Is it the trust factor or? It absolutely is the trust factor. And you know, it's, it's coming from a place of love rather than like. That's kind of sick. <laughs> we hurt the ones we love the most. Right, apparently. Yeah, you can lay it in a little tighter. You can work a little harder because, you know, you do trust that person there. You know, you're going to be all right. And you know, it's not coming from a place of malice. So you don't have to send a receipt and be like. All right, I'm not going to cuss, but all, all right, lady. <laughs> <laughs> you want to put that bone in my face? I'm going to show you a bone somewhere else, you know? Hello. All right, yeah. sorry, you get me all amped up. I, just, I could, I could, memories, I, I'm gonna, memories. I'm going to try and bring you back down here. To, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I feel like someone. I went back to the ring there for a second. I was going to say, I you feel know? like someone gave you something you never got the receipt for I or was something. back in the squared circle. Um, so, okay, so here, obviously a very brutal match. Did a great job of showing off what they can do. And honestly, like I still, my jury was still out on Tegan Knox. I didn't feel like we'd really seen why they were so behind her. Cause I feel like Tegan Knox was kind of um, anointed for a while. Yeah. And you know, she had those two major knee injuries and they didn't yeah. give up on her. No. And, and they really didn't. And I think it paid off. I mean, I, I saw it in this match, what they see in Tegan Knox. Mm. I really did. Yeah. Um, and Dakota Kai brought it. I've been very high on Dakota Kai for a while, but here in this match, she brought it as well. Very impressive from both of them. Not just the not just the brutal hardcore stuff, but the wrestling as well was all really well done across the board. The only thing is, I think this match would have been better, but there was interference at the end. The story they were trying to tell was that uh, Knox had Dakota Kai beat. She, but she wanted to go for the extra mile and end her career. I'm not finished yet. I'm not finished with you. <laughs> uh, and went to, to, to take her out, goes to the top rope, and out comes a woman who, frankly, it seemed like nobody knew. And I remember from the Mae Young Classic back when she was Reina Gonzalez. Right. But now she's Raquel Gonzalez, which apparently they changed her name like days, hours before this pay-per-view, and they sent her out. Yeah, I have thoughts and, on that. And she interviewed, she, she interviewed, she interfered with the end of this match, throws Tegan Knox off the top turnbuckle high up in the air. Tegan Knox comes crashing down to the table, which doesn't break, but it still looked brutal as <laughs> hell. And then a very cute, uh, confused Dakota Kai slides over for the pin and gets her arm raised by Raquel Gonzalez, who's, uh, you know, very confused looking at her. Like she doesn't know what's going on. I had the so, same look on my face. I was like, and I think a why? lot of people did. So, and that's kind of what I want to ask is, do you feel they should have uh, introduced us to Raquel Gonzalez before this and given us, us a reason? Or are you okay with this being something where 
like because she was coming out she was screaming as she was throwing tegan off the top like you know who i am you know why this is happening and we're like sitting here going we don't what's going on um aew has been criticized for introducing people without giving them backstories and we're left in the lurch going who are you why should we care is that what happened here or do you feel like this will end up paying off I think that's the question. If it ends up paying off, if the next time we see Raquel Gonzalez, we get the backstory as to why that happened, then it will be fine. If we're left in the dark here and just, you know, putting together the pieces, then no, it's it's stupid. I mean, should it should it have been a real finish? Should should Tegan have finished off Dakota Kai and then Raquel comes out to beat her up? Again, I think it's going to depend on what happens next. But in the moment, yeah, I would have preferred a a clean finish. So you think hindsight may become 2020. We may look back on this more fondly if they if they go somewhere good with this. Exactly. I'm giving them the opportunity to go somewhere good with this before I judge this too harshly. Hashtag skeptically optimistic. That's right. Exactly. Uh, The next match we had Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano in a match of... uh, who has the least amount of body fat percentage? <laughs> I think and the was... most hair gel. <laughs> um, they don't have really. Neither of them have enough hair to really have the gel in it. It's not as bad as like Kevin they Owens and his definitely gel. His his LA looks, you know, green gel like from oh the '90s. That he still still puts in his hair today. Um, so Finn versus Johnny. What are what were your thoughts on this match? Because I felt like this was an awesome technical display all around. But what did you think about this? All right, I'm probably going to get some heat for this. But Uh initially, Uh I was bored with it. Right. It was such a high finish to the ladies match before. And they were doing a lot of technical wrestling at the beginning. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little bored. I was a little bored. This was my pee break. Like, okay, this is, they're taking it really slow. At one point, the grinding on the mat. Yeah, they were in a hold for a long time that looked like they were just cuddling on the couch. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. But it picked up. It really, oh, when it picked up, I was, I was right in there. So do you feel like that was intentional to give the audience that breath and the same breath that like you took, like maybe get them a little bored to get them reinvested? Or or do you think that they they went still a little long with it? I think they went a little long with it. Like Mm -hmm. I understand the needing a moment to breathe, but Mm -hmm. that moment was too long for me. I got in a full meditation. (laughs) You got the woo saw in, huh? Yeah, I could have taken a nap. See, I think that that... Yeah, it may, I, I agree. It may have gone on a minute or two too long for the, but it, I also think it was necessary. I think it was a smart uh, booking move to have the first half of this match be slow to let the audience sort of recover from the excitement of the first two matches, and then they could get more into the story that they were telling here, which I thought was incredibly well told as well. Um, yeah. And the fact that the crowd took that they were able to kind of mellow out for a second and then get right back into it spoke again to how good this crowd was but i felt like the stakes were so high you know who is the heart and soul of nxt i just wanted it to start off as a banger right well that's a problem the other ones did too and you can only go you can only have so many bangers before the audience just gets exhausted and then they're too exhausted for the later matches. Well, then they need to drink some more coffee. Bring it on. <laughs> you blame the crowd. They need to get on my level. Uh, typical wrestler. <laughs> it's always the crowd's fault. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I, 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 yeah, they eventually got pretty good. I don't know. You felt that they established the stakes enough for this. Like the, the heart. The, this is for the heart of NXT. Oh, yeah, definitely. Did you? Um, Not so much. The, you know, that kind of ephemeral uh thing where it's like this is for the soul of nxt he's the heart 
of the cruiserweight division versus the soul of the cruiserweight division. That stuff always is a little bit airy-fairy to me, and I'm like, eh, what's it really for? I feel like they established, like the, both these guys got fierce enough in their promos before this match, and there was enough mm-hmm. bad blood built up that there was there was that feeling of ill will for this match that that made it, it got there. It got there for me. I think that it, and it also helped the quote-unquote stakes of this is really for the future of NXT. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like it got there, but it was still, you know, I wasn't a hundred percent sold, I guess, until the match happened. I went, all right, it works. Okay, then. Well, do you feel like it ended correctly? Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like the the right decision was made across the board, and not just because of how the end of this pay per view went down. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> but I feel like they absolutely ended this the right way with Finn finally grinding down Johnny Gargano, giving him that absolutely my insane shotgun drop kick off of the. Off the tables outside, off oh the desk. Oh, my God. Oh! oh. These men were... My heart oh. can't take this pay-per-view. There were so many spots that I just... I was watching from between my fingers. <laughs> and that was one of them. But, yeah, ultimately, Johnny just gritted it out and put down... Or sorry, uh, Finn just gritted it out, put down Johnny Gargano, and then trash-talked him at the end, by the way. Yes, he that, did. That, like, that kind of, like, bullying, sitting on top of him and slapping his face and... Um, just really kind of, you know, wiping his feet on him, I guess, after putting him down. Just that did felt you extra notice, nice, dirty. Did you notice that Finn, when he was walking back up the ramp, he smiled for a second and then caught himself and was like, oh, I'm not that Finn anymore. I have to frown. <laughs> I don't have to smile for Vince anymore. Yeah, he had this big, like, you know, classic Finn smile. And then he was like, oh, no, I can't. I can't no, do no, that. No, no, I'm the real, I'm the prince now. Yeah, I'm the, I, I gotta be mean. I'm the real rock and roller <laughs> again. I can't be smiling out here. Yeah, adorable. Sorry, lads. Uh, I agree. Yeah. This was the right finish. Why yeah. bring Finn back down here if he's not going to win? It pff, took the words out of my mouth. Enough said. Uh, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair for the NXT Women's Championship. It is called the uh, Women's Championship again. Female hoss fight. Oh my! Female hoss goodness. fight. These these are some these some strong women's. That's an understatement. These uh, incredible athleticism in this match. So you, so you were, you were a fan of this match. I take it. I was, <laughs> I was a fan of this match. Mm. I mean, these ladies are just next level. They're they're, they're gym rats. That is for mm-hmm. sure. Um, there was a picture on Instagram, Twitter. I don't know where I saw it, but there was a picture of uh, Bianca Belair not in her long pants. Uh, she was in like you know workout shorts or whatever it was um i her, can only imagine her thighs, her thighs are the size of my torso yep she is a horse it's insane and it's not like and if you follow rhea ripley on her instagram it's not like she's any small fry either she's also absolutely jacked both of these women could beat up most of the men that i know <laughs> You're, yeah you ain't kidding also, quick shout out to uh, Bianca's outfit, Black History in the Making. She yeah. actually designed that by herself. She does all her own I outfits. She that. does every single one of her outfits. She comes out with the Macho Man cape and shows mm-hmm. it on the, like, like, it was, yeah, I love it. Happy Black History Month, representing. Seriously, yeah. Um, very cool for her and always has good outfits. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I You'd mentioned something earlier about, uh, at least to me, maybe before we were on the air here, about women's outfits, how annoyed you were that Tegan Knox kept pulling mm. up her pants. Uh, yes. And Reina Gonzalez, I guess, was showing a little bit of areola yeah. on the right side or whatever, or on her right. Uh, yeah. Because her, her bra didn't fit. Like, uh, so you, 
So should more of them be like Bianca Belair and take a hands-on approach to their outfits? I think they have to at this point. This is something that actually really frustrates me. As a woman athlete, we need clothes to fit us. I know that sounds so basic and so simple, and yet so many women get out there in the ring in clothes that are ill-fitting that prevent them from doing their job. I still remember getting the, the crazy text from you about Mia Yim pulling up all her clothes oh in the Mae Young Classic. The Mae Young Classic was a Mia prime Yim. example oh of this God. with so many of the women. Tegan Knox's pants did not fit her correctly in this match. Raquel Gonzalez came out with her areola out. There should be someone in the, like, in the wings doing last looks on these outfits just like they do in every other you know television show that there is there's someone it's called last looks where they look you over before you go on camera to see that everything is fitting correctly the hair is in place nothing hanging out where it ain't supposed to be hanging out and i also believe if they're not already they should be doing their matches in these outfits before they're on television to make sure that simple problems like pants not fitting isn't a thing. You don't see men out there with their penises falling out. It's because their clothes well, fit. Well, I don't know. Angel Garza's does, but that's just because he can't keep it in his, you know, it, it oh doesn't fall out. It's just, it's, it's just, just there. Lined. And, and, yeah. and Finn too, you know, you can't, you can't escape the Finn dong. He just shoves it right at the camera. <laughs> But, but uh, it's in so tight, you know, <laughs> neither of those people have trouble keeping their trunks up. You know what I'm true. saying? <laughs> so I just wish that they we would have place, more yeah. attention to that in the in the ladies ring wear. Yeah. Even even thank God uh, Hansen or what are they called? Ivar now of the Viking War Machine Raider experience. He's got those those big man diapers on and it keeps all of his multiple butt folds in his in place. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, I just think it's unacceptable that we haven't reached that level with the women yet. Well, uh, some of them do. I think some of them have really good at like um, uh, Candice LeRae always seems like she's properly tucked everywhere. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a problem with all of the women, but it's a problem enough mm-hmm. that I still see it all the time. And perhaps because I'm a woman, I'm more attuned to be yeah. like looking out for these things because I know in the ring, it's a big deal when you keep having <laughs> stuff to pull out. on your pants or right. p- adjust your top. Like I've seen so many ladies having to keep adjust their top as mm-hmm. they, as they wrestle. To, and uh, why, why we should be past this, figure right. it out, figure it out. You got me thinking like, who's got, who's got good outfits right now, who I never see pulling. Like I never see Charlotte readjusting herself. Nope. I never see Becky readjusting herself. Cause she, mm-hmm. well, she's now got the more of the bodysuit. Natalia's same thing yeah. with the bodysuit. Um, Oscar's stuff is always really, so, you know, maybe it has to do with, with finances. Maybe it's money. Like they can afford to get well-fitting clothes. And, you know, Tegan has been living off of an NXT salary where she's not working. So it's probably, you know, not that much money. Uh, Mia Yim's clothes have definitely improved since she got signed to NXT and has been able to reinvest in some more outfits. So maybe it is a financial thing as well. Well, WWE should be taking care of that. (laughs) There's a lot of things they should be taking care of. They still have to drive themselves to the events for crying out loud. WWE's not going to suddenly be like, eh, we'll pay for your clothes. Well, they should. (laughs) At least pay for a tailor. (laughs) If nothing else, pay for a tailor. They have tailors. They have people who work on clothes there. They're in the That's they're in the I'm back, saying. and it's a small team. We know it's. A, I mean, Bailey's married to one. Bailey's married to the guy who makes uh, some of the costumes for the women. So, well, Bailey's boobs are staying in. So, hey, well, I mean, he's obviously doing good work for his wife. So, all right, we digress. We digress. We digress. We digress because at the end of this match, uh, and this is the thing. This was a. Uh, Here's the, one of the problems I had with this was this was a bit of a predictable match. Like, yeah, they went back and forth. There was some really good, strong strikes in this, some strength moves. 
uh, I love the slap fest where Rhea was on the on the top turnbuckle and she and Rhea, she and Bianca started slapping mm-hmm. the crap out of each other and Bianca just put the exclamation point on it with her with her braid oh, whip. Oh yes, um, right to the stomach. Ends with a really awesome avalanche riptide. She pulls Bianca off the top and and slams her down. One two three. Rhea Ripley retains and is going on. Um, on her quest to face Charlotte at WrestleMania, which she's going to get because Charlotte came out later out after the match and said, okay, yeah, I'll see you at WrestleMania, fine. And then tosses Bianca Belair against the stairs on the way out. <laughs> so two things about that finish. One, um, kind of predictable because we kind of figured that Rhea and Charlotte were going to be the, the case at WrestleMania. And the only way Bianca should have won this is if they were going to make it a triple threat. So it's kind of, I thought that was a little underwhelming. Like why go through this at all if it's just going to be the same thing at the end but that little knock on bianca made me think could it still be a triple threat or should it be which do you think it should be a triple threat or should it just be clean Rhea and charlotte first of all i didn't enjoy it any less because the predictable finish i thought this match was a banger um you know i'm not going to count bianca out yet you know, it could be a some. She could jump in there, whether it's a triple threat or not, and uh, do some interference. Um, I'll be happy either way, to be honest. Yeah, I won't be mad at it. I love these three ladies; they're incredible to watch. I I'll take any of it. You don't feel like Bianca has become Miss Almost Ran a few too many times. I think. Bianca's turn is coming and it's coming soon and she is ready for it. And I don't mind any of this because I feel like they are going to do her right very soon. So do you feel like she like, okay, will it come at WrestleMania? Will there be a triple threat or should it stay Rhea and Charlotte? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is, like I said, I'll be happy with uh, with either outcome. So you're just happy no matter what at this point. You're just happy to see all these women get involved. Um, yes, bring it. All right, fair enough. The Broserweights versus Undisputed Era, who I know are your favorites ever. (laughs) Oh, I know you love Undisputed Era. Uh, Really, really? (laughs) Yeah, you love Undisputed Era, right? If I could reach you right now. If Not you, a fan. Why don't you like Undisputed Era? Why don't I? Oh, okay. Don't get me started. My no, blood on. pressure. All right. These guys remind me of like frat guy douche bros, and yeah. I cannot stand them. <laughs> they make me so angry. So they're working you. They are working the hell out of me. <laughs> you don't find Bobby Fish remotely attractive? No. No? I, I mean, he's... He's not ugly. He's, you know, and oh. he's an attractive grandpa looking man. <laughs> oh, only because he went a little gray this week. You're going to call him a grandpa. Well, I, he, I said he's an attractive grandpa. He looks like Busy Phillips uh, husband, whose name I don't know off the top of my head, but that's who he looks like. Uh, okay. Kyle O'Reilly. No, not a, not a, not a sweet piece of uh, Southern corn there. No. Listen. Okay. Um, all right. We can't have it all. And Kyle O'Reilly got fast strikes, and um, yes, he does. That's what he's got. I'll just okay. leave it at that. <laughs> he's I'll a good striker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Broserweights versus Undisputed Era. Um, okay, we figured this was going to be a clinic because these are these are four of the most incredible guys in the world. Do you feel like this match delivered on the promise of these four guys and all the various matchups that we could have had here? Riddle versus Fish. Riddle versus O'Reilly. Uh, Dunn versus Fish, Dunn versus O'Reilly. Like, 
How did this play out for you? Was this was this satisfying at the end of the day? It was. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was a great matchup between all of them. I I was happy. I was happy with this one. Is what the, about you? Is the Bobby Fish? How many fish could Bobby Fish fry? If Bobby Fish could fry fish, is that getting old really quick, or is it just yes? Me? It is it's, getting old okay. really quick. But thankfully, it didn't last too long before they got their hands on each other. Yeah, love the golf cart. They got it there. <laughs> the Broser Mobile with Creative Liberty. <laughs> how are we going to get this to Portland? Creative, creative Liberty, Liberty, bro. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it does feel like these rumors about Matt Riddle having heat backstage. It feels like either that's just bunk or it's just Vince and main roster because good Lord, they love them some Matt Riddle down in NXT. And the fact that this match ended up, uh, even though they had miscommunications and miscues at the end, um, you know, where Matt hit Pete and Pete hit Matt a couple times and you're like, Oh, that's it. Undisputed Era has this now. Mm, uh, but they yeah. ultimately got through and your the Broserits are your new NXT tag team champions. Matt Riddle now has gold. Pete Ooh, Dunn is redeemed from two years ago where Roderick Strong turned on him. That's right. And the, the Dusty Classic. The beginning of all this. The beginning of the modern Undisputed Era. Undisputed uh, Era. This is a two-year story. A comeback story for Pete Dunn. He finally found a tag team partner that won't turn on him. Aww. And is and is, you know, pretty chill at the end of the day, bro. I have um, to admit, I was worried there for a second that they were going to turn on each other and ruin it, but they didn't. They fought through. Yeah. Bromance wins. The, bro- the bromance wins again. Yes. Um, yeah. They I, have I, such great chemistry. They do. And so I guess that's the question I want to ask, because as you know, you listen to the show, as you know, Nick is not a fan of singles wrestlers as tag teams. Nick? I know. I know. It's hard to believe. What? I know. It's like you've never, never heard, heard that before. You've never heard him say that. Um, and here, once again, we have uh, the singles tag team winning the Dusty Classic and then winning the, t- the championships. Do you feel like the story of this match basically being that these guys overcame their miscues and overcame the fact that they're obviously like an odd couple and that's part of the humor of it all? Like they made that the story that they overcame that to win the championships. Does that make it better or will Nick still bitch mm. about this? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, I think it was part of this story. And, you know, I think the pairing of them together, it it was unexpected, but I think it was a happy accident. You know, like if you look at them separately, it's like, oh, no, that wouldn't work. But it does. It it works. Somehow. Somehow. It works somehow, some way. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's wonderful. I agree. Uh, I, I, we were asked, I think, in the patron mailbag episode, like if it tickles us, and it tickles me. It absolutely tickles me. I love the fact that these guys are Consider so. Consider me Elmo. I am tickled. <laughs> All right, I can't follow that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes from here. I'm curious if those miscues in this match come back to haunt the bruiser, the bruiser weights. If they, uh, if that's the sign of some some trouble down the road, or if that was just for this match, but. Yeah, love it. Uh, title changes hands. The prophecy seems to be ending for the Undisputed Era. And so we go to God. our fi- <laughs> the hatred. We go to our final match, Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Men's Championship. Uh, <sighs> oh, oh, my God. I'm still exhausted from this match. I don't know about <sighs> you. I'm exhausted from this match. Uh, once again, an NXT main event with an absolutely insane overbooked finisher spam uh, finish to this. Finisher spam finish? Finisher spam finish. 
It was. It was just nothing but like Canadian destroyers and and every single finisher that either guy has getting kicked out of multiple times and just hellacious spots that would have ended any other match, not any an interference and everything. It happened again. It's becoming something that you almost have to expect in an NXT main event. Do you think that degrades the match? Well, that's, I think, the really big question because some people are irate at this point about how much finisher spam is going on here and how these guys are kicking out of all these protected finishers, and it's happening regularly in NXT main events now. Um, I, I mean, I, I felt, I, I can see both sides of it, I guess, where mm-hmm. on the one hand, my God, that made this match exciting. Like, yes. you really didn't, like, it subverted a lot of expectations. Uh, we're like, okay, that's got to be it. No. It goes, so it keeps subverting it, um, and it makes it so tense and so exciting because we're so jaded, a lot of us, with the rhythms of a wrestling match, and it does subvert that. But at the same time, it's also ridiculous. I ridiculous. think it works until it doesn't work, and in this match, it still worked for me. It kept okay. it exciting. See, uh, The this- stakes were high. It kept me invested. I didn't know when it was going to end or how it was going to end. <laughs> or if it was going to end. If it was going to end. <laughs> Are they still fighting right now? They might, no, they're not because Johnny Gargano, after all the interference from the Undisputed Era, they all came out to try and interfere. They, he got a, Tommaso Ciampa took a high-low, a Panama Sunriser three, and he, they couldn't keep him down. He kept kicking out. He took a low blow from Adam Cole, and he gave a low blow. Black, black, I can't even talk, <laughs> Sasha Banks. He gave a low blow back to Adam Cole, and they were both all laid out. The ref was out. out. It was all kinds of chaos. Chaos. And Johnny, chaos. Johnny Gargano comes out and he looks like he's going to throw Tommaso Ciampa the, the 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 NXT Championship belt, but no, he hits him in the head with it. Ah! Johnny, why, Johnny, why? Why, Johnny, why? why? Why, Johnny, why? And Tommaso Ciampa finally eats the pin after getting hit in the head by his former best friend, Johnny Gargano, that rat bastard! That dirty ass head! Oh my God, Johnny, why you? Oh, son of a... Oh, it's rude. inverted now. Okay, that was so rude, Johnny. That was beyond rude. 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 <laughs> Robert Rude. Uh, so okay. <laughs> so first of all, I guess we're both. I, I, how do how do you feel about this kind of match finish where it just goes on forever? Like, were you cool with it, or you fall on the side of people where they're like, it's too much? Like I said, I think in this particular match, it worked. It had me all kinds of worked up. It was so exciting. But I can see how this would, you know, if every NXT TakeOver main event is ending this way, it starts to get a little decreasing dividends. Yeah. But this match, I enjoyed like this. (laughs) So you you were like... I mean, as enjoyed as you can say with how angry I got at the end. (laughs) I never thought I would feel so bad for Ciampa, but I did. I know. Even black hearts can break. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and also, I mean... Also, this match, I was cringing so much because he has a surgically repaired neck. I know. And they were doing things to his neck in this match that I never want to see done to a surgically repaired neck. There was what that. What is wrong with you, Adam Cole? The wheelbarrow suplex onto the announce table was. I, I screamed like yeah. a little girl. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so, Hashtag yeah. Hashtag not okay. Not okay. And. And there was a lot of that in this match, and it did make it feel brutal. It made it feel vicious, and I loved it. Yes, um, it was real. But, yeah, they've got to be careful with doing this kind of insane overbooking at the end of their matches. It's 
going to start driving more and more people nuts. It's getting there for me. I wasn't a fan of the end of the two out of three falls match between Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano because it was the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't deny that here they absolutely had me wrapped up. I was invested the entire time. They earned it here. It they has did. to be earned. Just by God, man. Like, And at least Ciampa did sell that like the damage to his neck where like his left arm wasn't working by yeah. the end of the match. Like... They were selling it sort of, but then they just were like forgetting it sometimes. <laughs> like, ah, oh, yeah, I just took a, two Canadian destroyers and I've been, you know, pile driver, been dropped in my head and uh, Project Champa. But, you know, I'm back up and I can execute a, a super high energy move. It's fine. I so, just took it. I just was so into the story. I was like, they yeah. each wanted so badly. <laughs> Goldie, yeah. they're fighting for yep. Goldie. Yep. It's his life. It's Tommaso Champa's life. Uh, and Johnny Gargano took it away. So do you? So we're going back to Ciampa Gargano. Only it's inverted. Do you think? Wait, that wait, that's, wait, wait. What was this? Nick booking? Did Nick call this? Nick called it. Okay, so I went back and listened to our picks on this. We called. Um, I actually called. Oh shoot! Who did I call to win? I called Cole to win, and he called Gargano to win. But he said Gargano was going to win. Oh, sorry. Uh, Ciampa was going to yeah. win. He said Champa, he called Champa to win, and he said Champa's going to win, and then Gargano's going to come out, and Champa's going to turn on him again, and we're going to get Ch- uh, Gargano as the face, Champa's the heel going to WrestleMania. And I said, actually, what if Finn Balor spreads the fiend disease to Johnny Gargano, and Gargano turns on Champa? So it was actually, and I even said at the time, like, this is me getting infected by Nick booking. So I Nick booked for Nick while Nick was Nick booking. It was just a whole is Nick booking cluster. Is that Nick booking to the third degree? It was fourth degree. It was yes, to the ninth dimension. It to was the nth degree. Exactly in the lake of reincarnation. It was it was all kinds of Nick booking. And by God, it happened. It happened. They because listen. They listen because they listen. So hey guys. hell of a pay per view. Dear God, how will they top this at Tampa? I do not know. Um, but they're gonna. They're gonna have to try. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have to try. Someone's going to die. Someone might die. Something that we always say at these at these events. But yeah, absolutely insane, amazing pay-per-view. And I got to say, something that made me very happy was the fact that this was followed up by a really solid episode of WWE main event or main roster television the next night. So, Miss JB, let's head over and talk about it. Let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Kendall Killer Kardashian Orton. You've been listening to the show. I can tell. <laughs> murdered. Yes, he did. Poor Matt Hardy. He murdered Matt Hardy. He he actually. I think we watched a murder live on TV. Uh, it was supposed to be a no. Uh, 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 excuse me. Oh, I almost. Uh, no holds barred. Supposed <laughs> to be a no holds barred match. But uh, it was not. Randy came out to say he's too messed up from last week when I gave him the concerto. He's going to stay in the back. The trainers are going to say, no, you can't come out, Matt Hardy. Uh, so we're not having the match. But sure enough, Matt Hardy, in his cute little neck brace, comes out to say, <laughs> Randy, you're a mean man, Randy. Why, Randy? Why? Why, Randy? Why? 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 Uh, and uh, actually, what the hell is wrong with you, Randy? Or I believe was his exact question. But... Randy, uh, how shall I put this? Randy didn't exactly have the answer that Matt Hardy was looking for. He walked away from the ring at first, 
Uh, he said, I'm sorry. He said, yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Walked away from the you ring. You wouldn't understand. And gets to the top of the ramp and pauses. And Matt Hardy, and I, I love this. I don't know if it was a detail or if it was just, I, I don't know what, I, I felt like it was a detail. Where Matt Hardy knows Randy so well <laughs> that you can see mm-hmm. over Randy's shoulder in the ring, Matt Hardy's still standing there awkwardly. And as soon as he sees Randy pause, he goes, Ah, crap. And he runs out the back of the ring and grabs a chair and gets back in the ring because he knows Randy Orton's going to come back for him. Oh, he knows. Which he did. Randy Orton came back for Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy was not able to fend him off. And Randy Orton straight murdered Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy was like, finish me. Finish me. And Randy Orton said, okay. Yeah, interesting detail considering uh, Hardy's contract is up soon. Uh, March 1st. Is, is I think the last day. Very very soon. Is um, this is this goodbye to Matt Hardy? I if I, well, so last week was supposed to be goodbye to Matt Hardy. Last well, obviously week when not. he gave well, but that was the thing, and I remember complaining because you gave him a damn concerto. You can't have him come back out and have a match, and they didn't. They had him come out and look too injured to have a match. Great selling the injury, but they didn't just give him a concerto this time. He gave him another concerto in the ring. And then looked like he was leaving and then came back and dragged Matt Hardy's corpse to the outside of the ring, <laughs> put him on the stairs and gave him two concertos on the stairs to like the, the cringe and the shrieks of the audience. Some of whom were sickos and said, do it again. And some of whom were literally right? crying. <laughs> that, what's up with that audience? <laughs> One more time. I'm like, what is wrong with you? I, hey, they're, they want to see violence. They're ex-ECW fans. What okay. do you want? But one thing about this, Randy seemed very conflicted about all of this. It wasn't just his normal, just fast, you know, murders. He seemed to be taking his time thinking, I'm going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to do it, but I'm sorry. To what do you attribute that? Well, remember how Randy used to have those voices in his head? Yeah. Are you thinking that's coming back? Are they back? (laughs) Are we going to get a return to uh, voices in my head, Randy Orton? Is that the Okay. I mean, his song still says it. His song Maybe does they never still went away. It. Maybe they the volume was just They're turned trying down. to make both his and Edge's song relevant in yeah. the modern sense that we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I see where you're going with this. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at crazy Randy Orton coming back. He's kind yeah. of, yeah. I, I mean, something's going on. We need some sort of explanation, and that's my first explanation. I'm not mad with that. Somebody's telling him that he has to murder all these legends. Do it, Randy. Do it, Randy. Do it, Randy. It's Kill like um, he's the dog and the, the cat from The Voices. The that Voices? Movie. Oh, the Ryan with, Reynolds little one. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And the cat's the evil me. voice, and then the dog's the good voice. I don't know. The cat is think, in control right now. I don't think you should be doing that, Randy. Do it, Randy. Murder him. <laughs> it wasn't the yeah, wasn't the cat British in that movie? I think it was Scottish. Oh, that's right. He was. Yeah, it was like a little Scottish cat. <laughs> that was what a weird movie that was. Um, <laughs> so from now on, I'm going to think of a little Scottish voice at Randy's head. That's right. Get the chair. Kill him. That's right. But you have you didn't to like him anyway. Picture it as a cat. Okay, so a Randy cat and a dog being controlled in the viper's head. Scottish cat. This got really weird. You heard it here first. <laughs> Got really weird really quick. All right, let's talk about the Monday night Asaya. Way to go, Murphy. You, so I, I see Asaya. what he did there. 
because uh, Murphy introduced Seth Rollins during this. He's supposed to have a sermon. He introduced him and he dropped the M off of Messiah accidentally. I see what he did there. You take my first name. I take the first letter off of your name. So now you're the Monday Night Asiah. All right. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Checks out. Checks out. So Seth comes out, gives a, a what he called a, a sermon. A sermon. Mm-hmm. That's right. Represent. So he comes out and cuts a big old sermon on the, the WWE universe and the backstage. He said, if you get in our way, we'll take you out. Uh, the Viking Raiders and Kevin Owens not a fan of this. So they all came out to the ring and there was a big brawl. And we ended up having a three-on-three tag match in the main event. Uh, once again, very fun worked match. Kevin Owens ends up giving Murphy a stunner so hard that Murphy does a backflip. Yep. Which was one of the better sells I've ever seen of a stunner, I have to say. And at that point, Seth Rollins realized that the uh, the fix was in, so he ran in and caused the DQ. And then as they're all beating down Viking Raiders and Kevin Owens, out come Street Profits. That's right. For the save. Um, Angelo Dawkins. But- Angelo Dawkins, by the way, pouncing uh, Buddy Murphy out of the... That boy yeeted almost into the front <gasps> row. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> That was crazy. And then uh, tandem splashes onto AOP from uh, from what are, what are they calling him now? Ivar. I almost don't want to yeah. call him Hanson. Ivar and uh, and uh, Montez Ford, who went up to the rafters for his frog splash. Right. My God, that boy jumps. Um, and then they stand tall at the end with Seth at the top of the uh, ramp, going cowardly. Yeah, you doggone Kevin Owens and Viking Raiders and Street Profits. So it's been announced since this that Street Profits will face uh, Murphy and Seth at Super Showdown. That is going to be the tag team championship match at Super Showdown on February 27th. So okay, they're only going to have, if my calculations are correct, they're going to have two SmackDowns and one Raw to build to Elimination Chamber, which is on the 8th of March after Super Showdown. So that means you've got one week, one show, to turn the ship back from Street Profits after they beat Street Profits, which they will, back to um, whether it's Kevin Owens and Joe, who, where was Joe this week? I don't know. Where was Joe this week? Uh, back to Kevin Owens and Joe. Hanging or out with Wendy. Maybe hanging out with <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Wendy. <laughs> uh, yeah, either, either he's hanging out with Wendy or he's, uh, he's still nursing that concussion. I don't know. It wasn't never reported. I couldn't find anything about it. Um, can they turn it back on track to that or will Nick booking come true and it's going to be AOP? <laughs> well, it won't be AOP. It'll be Viking Raiders versus Seth and, and Murphy or how are they going to do this? Like, it, because I have a feeling it's going to be Joe and KO at WrestleMania versus uh, Seth and, and Murphy, but right. That makes the most sense. It does, but I don't know this. Does it, is it just me or has this whole thing got a little bit confusing and lost its way a little bit? Yes. It's, it's not just me. It's muddled. It's it's muddled. It's muddled for sure. Okay. Yeah. It, it feels like the whole thing's, it's kind of settled. It's it's centered around Seth slowly turning more and more into this kind of religious figure or this, you know. Slowly? Uh, well, it's okay. His face was in a stained glass window. Okay. So it's taken some time to get to there a stained a glass pulpit. window. I'm saying, but he didn't start off that way. It's taken like a month and a half to get there. Right, well, we're fully there now. <laughs> we are fully there now. No question about that it. That is true. We are definitely fully there. Um, but I guess at this point, like, where do we go from here now? So, okay, Seth is this messi- like self-proclaimed messianic figure. Um, he's declared war on the locker room of Raw 
and a bunch of them, a bunch of the raw locker room is taking offense to that. Um, the non-compliant will get the same beat down as the weak or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, so what's the end game here, though? Like, do we prove Seth right? Because this is the first time that he's lost in a few weeks. Um, he's been getting, he's been getting over. The, he's been winning the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. What's the end game here? Like, are we ultimately going to prove Seth right and he's going to take over, or is this kind of a little bit? of an inversion of what's happening on SmackDown with Baron Corbin and him saying, well, I'm the Mm. locker room leader, Roman, you're not. And they're fighting for control of SmackDown. Doesn't this feel a little bit like that now, all of a sudden there's going to be a, someone eats crucifixes match instead of dog food. That sounds a lot more painful than dog food. (laughs) I, I have to say what, like what, like wafers, wafer crucifixes are like, they're chewing, chewing wood. Sure. Like like let's, wood shots. Let's go with um the blood in the bone, the grape juice and the cracker match. Oh, the <laughs> that was blood in the bone. I'm like that know, sounds that, really that dark. That could go awry in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So someone has to take the, the what is it? The holy communion. The communion. The Thank communion. You. Communion, communion match. match. Right. Communion match. Listen. Okay. Okay, a bit of a We're side getting a little note. Sacrilegious here. Okay. Speaking of sacrilege, I I have a question. Okay. Is it just me, mm-hmm. or does the AOP logo look like a vulva? <laughs> you guys. What? <laughs> their logo is a vagina. Oh, no. You can't unsee oh, it. Look at no. it. Look at it. It is clear as day. It's even got the little... Oh. It's got the, yeah, the little hole. It's yes, little it hole does. That, oh, no. Yes, JB. It does. I'm telling you guys. Does this mean they need to change their name to the authors of Poon? Wow. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't you wow me. Wow. You started this. You started Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if the letters fit. Oh, no. Oh, okay. okay. Well, now that AOP is ruined. Um, You're welcome. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Let's move on to, oh, God. Let's move on to your guy, Drew McIntyre. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Drew McIntyre came out to have an enormous sign point. Uh, he got the entire crowd pointing at the WrestleMania sign because Charlotte had just done it in the segment before him. We'll get to Charlotte in a second. Um, he gets the entire crowd pounding, pointing to the WrestleMania sign, at which point your favorite blob of goo, Paul Heyman, blob comes out. Blob of goo? Yeah. I mean, that's ruder than I would even put it. But Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you didn't like Paul Heyman. I don't. I okay. don't like Paul Heyman, but blob of goo. I, I mean, mean, I'll... I'll He's corpulent. <laughs> he's corpulent. He is he is not a small man. No, he is not. He's getting spherical. Um he just roll him down the ramp. Uh he wow. came out to to say that Brock Lesnar was here. Of course, Brock Lesnar was not there because no. Brock Lesnar. Um, but Drew needed a reason to take off his shirt, and we got it. Yes, you did. Yes, you you did get it. Um <laughs> much to the much to I guess your joy and satisfaction. Uh Drew did take off his shirt, but he was gonna have to anyway because he had a match. With MVP and Paul calls out MVP. MVP comes to the ring and says, "Like, why are you gonna do me dirty, Drew? I was trying to act with respect. You did not come to me with respect. Uh, so instead, we got to have a match, and and you don't get to uh, cheap shot me in the match. I'm, I'm instead I'm gonna cheap shot you, which he did, and they ended up having a fairly fast match in which Drew kicked his damn head off again. I blinked and it was over. Pretty much after ripping off his uh, his nose." or whatever sleep apnea strip or whatever it is snore strip <laughs> and uh so this was surprising to me because i thought 
MVP had announced that that match with Ray after the Royal Rumble was his last match. Yeah, you and, and me both. Yeah, and he said that he was working backstage as a uh, producer. So um, I'm wondering what uh, what's the plan for MVP here? They're just going to come out and get squashed every now and then when they need someone put over? I mean, I guess. I'm not the worst thing for him. He's a talker. We were talking last week on the on the... Uh, mailbag episode someone asked what his role should or they said uh what should his role be uh should he stay as a mouthpiece and um i think nick said lashley was a good idea and everyone and everyone kind of remembered how good lashley was in mm-hmm. tna when he had a mouthpiece and mvp would be a really good mouthpiece for lashley so i yeah i could see other things being done with mvp but um having him get murdered by drew certainly is not the wrong way to go about it i guess no you know so but I guess, the, I guess the other thing is, and I need to ask you as a Drew fan, uh, is he getting too pandering? Is he getting a little bit too kind of like, hey, everybody, I'm Drew McIntyre, and I'm here to tell you I'm going to beat Brock Lesnar. And hey, everybody, I'm going to point to the crowd, and we're all going to laugh together. Look how we're doing the fun thing with the sign. And by the way, I'm going to crack wise because Suplex City now belongs in Claymore, Claymore Country. Claymore do. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Is, as is, much as I love Drew, I have to admit it, a little bit, yes. It was weird to see him smiling so much. And it seemed, <laughs> it seemed <laughs> like he was trying a little too hard to be face. Okay, so it's not me. He is trying a little bit hard here. Yes. And I, I look forward, even his voice was different. I look forward to him relaxing into this new role and being himself more. It's funny because I feel like he started off relaxed as a face when he was first being a face he was actually he felt really relaxed yeah well not not in this uh this felt like he was relaxed but then had some like chunks of dialogue that he had to shoehorn in somehow you know what i mean and he was trying hard to do certain things yeah it just didn't feel as natural i guess I, i used to perform for children and this felt a little to me like the energy that you put on when Ooh. you perform for children. And I know WWE, you know, has a young audience and whatnot, but it felt a little unnatural. It was like, we're all going to point to the sign together. We're going to do it with a Claymore countdown. Ready, I mean, everybody? And it's one, ironic. two, three. <laughs> three, two, one. <laughs> it's ironic because, you know, it is so, like pointing to the sign. That's a joke based on it being unnatural in previous years. And yet it was so, un, it was a little bit unnatural that he was making fun of how unnatural it was. I don't know. It's it didn't quite getting into an work. inception loop here. But yeah, it just didn't quite work. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I don't think this was his best segment, but it doesn't make me lose, you know. You're not losing any love for him. Exactly. Yeah. You know, he'll be back and fine. For, at least the hair's out of his face. Is that, is that? Uh, the hair out of the face does help. You know, I... I I feel like he could let it down a little more. It doesn't have to be completely slicked back. Oh my god! But what? Whatever. Whatever. You know, that's just me. <laughs> I have my. I have my hashtag Madrew. <laughs> I have to have Madrew the right way. He can't have his hair all the way up in his face, and he can't be all the way back. Hashtag Madrew. Just let me style it. Just let me let me style your hair. Mm. <laughs> Take that shirt off. Let me style your chest hair. Oh, okay. Now you're getting weird. I'm just, hey, I knew where you were going with this. It's okay. No. I, I, got, I got this for you. I'll take the shot. All right. Let's keep it PG. All right. Well they, of- well, they didn't keep it PG because they had a segment with Becky Lynch where she came out and was like, hey, Shayna, uh, I'm going to find you. And uh, WWE, here's this little bag I brought. I'm going to dump out a whole bunch of hundos in the ring because I'm paying my fine in advance for what you're going to charge me when I get my hands on Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
which is interesting because was Shayna fine for chomping on her neck last week? I don't know. But uh, it was it was a nice demonstration. Becky saying, I don't care about money. I just care about kicking ass. And when I find Shayna, I'm going to do exactly that. And that's kick her ass because no one sinks their rat teeth into my neck and gets away with it. Uh, and Shayna shows up on the Tron mm. and uh, uh, says, allow me to retort. <laughs> um, if I may. And she said, I'm, you're never going to get a chance to get at me. And by the way, if you want to know where I'm going to be next, it's the Elimination Chamber, uh, where she's going to face, by the way, as an aside, she's going to face Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Natalia, and, and uh, Asuka. Uh, <laughs> back to that in a second. Uh, Shayna says, do you know what I used to do? I used to be a cage fighter. So I'm going to go in Elimination Chamber. I'm going to cage fight. I'm going to beat everybody. And then I'm going to get a shot at you at WrestleMania. And then you won't have to come looking for me. Uh, and when I get my hands on you, I'm going to tear the living shit out of you. Yuck. They didn't even bleep that on the Hulu replay. Mm-mm. On a PG show. So, uh, They've yeah. been getting a little edgy with that lately. Yeah, for a company that says in their quarterly business calls that they don't feel like they have to get any edgier to compete with AEW, it sure seems like they're trying to get a little edgier. I've been hearing some curse words dropped recently. Lots of bitch and ass and mm-hmm. shit and, well, not lots of shit, but like one right. shit here. Brock Lesnar's, I mean, it wasn't... Uh, audibly but you could read his lips when he's like who's this mother of <laughs> the rump, that was a amazing one of my moment. favorite moments of the rumble oh, so good um so they are and then obviously Shayna biting becky and like them replaying it and not going to full black and white to show it um you know all those blood and gore coming from Shayna's mouth so they they are getting a little edgier here mm-hmm. and i can't say i'm mad at it i i do feel like it's um it might be paul Heyman's influence uh, it might be a little try hard, but I'm not mad at it because I, I miss it being a little edgy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I don't think it's too much by yeah. any means. It, it does feel a little forced. I mean, Shana, it, it did feel kind of like Shana's like, here it comes, guys. I'm gonna but Guess what I just said? I just said it. I said it. That's right. I didn't think so. Um I, maybe, maybe then maybe I'm pushing. Maybe it's my perception. Maybe I've been reading too many. Natural coming out of I've been reading too many Chucky e. T tweets where he's trying to find a way to say shit on TV. Um, <sighs> so yeah, I, I I have to say, like so far, so good with the Shayna Becky build. Um, yeah, I agree. I thought Shayna's promo was solid. Uh, you know, entertaining. So bring it on. And honestly, the only downside is I'm looking at that elimination chamber match. You've got three members of the Riot Squad who are all going to eat each other alive. I'm wondering yeah. how Sarah Logan's going to play in that. You've got Natalia, who is a per, you know per, perpetually a space filler. Yeah. But then you got Asuka. And, yeah, but... And Shayna versus Asuka, if that's the final two in the Elimination Chamber, you have my goddamn attention. Do you think it's a lock-in that uh, Shayna's going to win? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. it seems pretty obvious. To they have to well. have Shayna and, and, and Becky at WrestleMania. Yeah. She's going to win. And having her go over Asuka would also cement that. You know, no one can beat Asuka except Becky. And, and now Shayna. Shayna. Exactly. So you've got to have Shayna beat Asuka in the chamber to get her essentially on Becky's level. Yeah. So to me, it seems like it's it's just done. What about um, these other ladies? What are they going to do? Just kill each other? They're going to fill some space. They're just going to be mad at each other for past friendships broken. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Liv actually had a, a promo on Raw about that where she says, Ruby, 
I can't believe you betrayed me. I'm we no used longer to be that. Friends. We used to be friends. You, uh, you're not that puppy dog on a leash anymore. I'm sorry. She. This was not her finest moment in a promo. No, no, it wasn't. Her Nor was it was her finest her. outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to go for the outfit. <laughs> wow. Again, last looks. Somebody should be back there saying, hey, in this particular outfit, when you talk, it pushes your non-existent chin up to make it look like you somehow have a double chin, even though you're two pounds. Right. Uh, Hire me, WWE. <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> Let I mean, me help you. They could have done last looks, but it wasn't even necessary that it was there. It was just when she pulled her head back to talk in that. I mean, we are we are being way nitpicky and, and oh yeah, and like kind of mean girls here. I'm not going <laughs> to lie, but but it was really obtrusive. The fact that you know, the, Charlie was it Charlie Caruso or who was it? Yeah, it was Charlie. It was Charlie. Asked her, uh, you know, hey, Liv, how do you feel about Ruby Riot? Uh, and Liv just, for some reason, her head just kind of went backwards, and as you said, created this weird double chin effect with that with that collar choking her out, and it just made her voice sound like this. I, I It wasn't nothing to do with the last look. Like, you could have seen her, and you'd be like, man, you look like a million bucks. You look great. You look way better than the picture that they used for you on the Elimination right? Chamber graphic, where you look like you're 50 years old. Um you look it great. And then all be of a sudden, easy to make Liv Morgan look bad. She's absolutely she, gorgeous. Right. And then all of a sudden, she pulls her head back, and all the people who are doing last looks go, "Oh God, no! You look like <laughs> a turtle. Stop it! Look, you sound like a turtle." So, wasn't her best promo? No, no. And I have a feeling that she and Ruby will get into some stuff at Elimination Chamber, and I oh, wonder yeah, if Sarah will fit into it somehow. So that's that's my curiosity. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of the women's, uh, your girl. Charlotte. Yes. Yes. With her nails that she had at TakeOver that she obviously had done to fit with this outfit. They matched her blouse exactly. <laughs> now I know why you like Charlotte. She's got the outfit game on point. She can dress. Did you see those stilettos? That's my girl. I love how Charlotte kicks ass in heels. Is that I hard to, to do? Say. Yes, it's hard to do. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it was rhetorical. It was rhetorical. Uh, all right. So... Charlotte comes out and cuts a promo pretty much on NXT in general and Rhea in particular, essentially saying that she felt like the current women in NXT were entitled, that she had had a harder time in NXT. She had to scratch and claw more. Yeah, Um, I didn't love this promo. Well, that's my question. Is this a heel promo that people are going to listen to and go, whoa, Charlotte, you're way off base? Um, which is kind of, there's a Twitter war going on now between Charlotte and Rhea after this, as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. Rhea saying, give me a break. You're calling me entitled with your last name. Uh, and Charlotte basically said back to her, um, funny, funny that you should say that. You don't even have a name. And Rhea, <laughs> you haven't made your name yet. And Rhea coming back on that by saying, well, that's funny, Charlotte, because if that's the case, then some no-name wrestler beat you at Survivor Series and won uh, uh, war games at Survivor, at Survivor Series weekend. So I guess, what does that say about you? Oh, shoot. So it's, it's, it's on after this promo. Um, I guess that's what I'm saying is, is Charlotte saying this just to essentially be a heel and stir stuff up? Of course. Okay, so you're, course. you're not all of a sudden being like, Charlotte, why? That's so mean. Why would you say that? No, I mean, obviously she's working heel here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's her argument wasn't my favorite because it's like, you know, those people, not to get too political, who are like, you know, I paid for my college, you should have to pay for yours, even though inflation and 
cost get, of living isn't the same. Not to get political, but politically speaking, yeah. right? So, so you're you're seeing a, a hint of that in yeah. this, where the, someone who's had to work their way through is saying, now everyone has to work their way through. Exactly, um, everyone should have to work as hard as I had to work because I had to work that hard. Right. But it it's just she's just doing heel work, you know. I can't sure. hold it against her. Sure. Um. Not you're right. Not not being. The, the lack of awareness that there may be a different kind of difficulty faced by people uh, who didn't come up through your system. There's a new system that may be more difficult now. It's, it's the lack of awareness there um, is, is the perspective you're looking at it from. Uh, am, am I correct or am I, just, am I just floating some stuff here? I don't know. You kind of lost me on that one. Okay. But- <laughs> <laughs> I do that sometimes on this show, as you may have noticed. So Charlotte uh, officially accepting Rhea's challenge. We will, they will see each other at WrestleMania. Charlotte saying, Rhea, you be entitled. You're not nobody till you're somebody. Uh, everyone's the next big thing until you're not. Strong words from Charlotte Flair. Uh, there was a bunch of matches that were not on... Uh, the Hulu edition, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of bummed about this. Um, Umberto Carrillo and Rusev teamed up against Lashley and Angel Garza, which seems like a weird pairing. They're both individually having feuds, Carrillo and, and Garza and uh, and Rusev and Lashley. And it feels to me like one of those feuds is heating up, and that's Carrillo and, and Garza. Mm-hmm. Even though Garza is kind of like holding space for Andrade right now, right? he's becoming such a major fixture and everyone's he's getting over so hard and everyone's like jesus he's really so good he's almost kind of upstaging andrade a little bit um whereas rusev and lashley it feels like their feud is cooling off yeah it's like what are y'all doing together yeah it definitely felt thrown together yeah for sure i mean cool match that um that spot when garza took off his pants and threw them at rusev (laughs) and then you know rusev came after me jumps to the outside gets a smooch from a crowd member right and as he's coming back in, Carrillo, oh my God, comes out of freaking nowhere with the with the the tope suicida and mm-hmm. just annihilates him right up in the camera. Yeah, the poor cameraman. Dude, the camera guy died. got a couple of good shots here. The spear that Lashley gave to Carrillo later was absolutely out of nowhere and insane as well. Like there was a bunch of fun spots in this match. Yeah, and look at Garza rolling up Rusev for the pin one two three. Like my goodness, there. I mean, there's there was definitely some interesting booking going on here. I guess my only question is: we know that they're holding uh, in a holding pattern on Carrillo and Garza until Andrade comes back with the U.S. title. Fine, Rusev and Lashley. What in the world, Why? JB, is going on here? Why? I mean, is the is the cuck angle officially now a failure? Are they still having it? simmer somehow like why are these two guys i'm still doing stuff over it i'm like just just let them be done please okay so it's not just me it's it's it is like it's done i do not nobody cares people are having a hard time carrying the middle of it but they were throwing so much insanity at us week in and week out that when it's just the two guys having a match and lana's just there outside the ring in the background oh that's sparkling sparkling in whatever (laughs) atrocity she's wearing this week uh all right another match alistair black and rowan this was good dude what the heck yeah uh uh, uh, a match of two guys who've been squashing people for a while which by the way this felt kind of old school you used to have people squash a bunch of other people and then eventually the two squashers would meet up and it'd be like this where it created excitement for the match like man both these guys haven't lost in a while. They're both really strong. Who's going to win this one? And that's kind of how you felt going into this was 
like forget the whole cage angle with Rowan for a second. <laughs> right. Like it's a big hoss dude against a absolutely brutal striker. And people forget how freaking agile Rowan is. Yeah, I feel like he's been underrated. I feel like he's been massively underrated. And this match I, I really reminded me how good he is. Like we always forget um, because he was with Harper and Harper is just so amazing that mm-hmm. we forget like Rowan is an enormous guy who does things that big guys his size shouldn't be able to do. Like he's not doing corkscrew moonsaults and backflips, but he's able to throw himself around in ways guys that that size shouldn't do either. But he just felt like the big guy in the background for so long. Yeah. And now he like, he's front and center. The, the whole Daniel Bryan uh, and, and Roman angle was mm-hmm. garbage. And even though he had a couple of good matches there, a couple of good showings, it just it was overall so bad that we just didn't want to see that. But you get him in the ring with a guy like Alistair. And this was fantastic. Yeah. Like I was crushed. This wasn't on the actual Hulu show. So most of you watch Hulu. You didn't see this because this was awesome. Um, it, Tattoo match. <laughs> the match of the match of the metalheads. Yep. Um, it made both guys look really good. Like Alistair looked like a straight killer, and Rowan looked like a beast. Rowan took two black masses to put down. I love this finish. Alistair Black black masses Rowan, and Rowan falls into the ropes and is stunned. He's not out. He's not KO'd like people usually are with the yeah. black mass. He's stunned. And then he can't stand up again and falls into the middle of the ring on his knees. And Alistair Black walks up to him and yells and just executes him with a second black mass. Good and, night, Rowan. And then pin one, two, three. There was so much I liked about this. The fact that he didn't immediately go for a second black mass. The, sec- the fact that he knew that he had the time to really wind up on the second one. Rowan's selling of it where... He was woozy, like he was done, but he wasn't done, done. Right. Like for a second, it looked like he was just going to get back up, like everything was normal. And then he fell over and was like, oh, okay, no, I'm yeah. not good. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. And it made Rowan look strong. He took a black mass, he ate it, and, he, and the announcers were screaming, oh my God, how is he still? Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Uh, both guys came out of this still looking great. Um, the, audi- the audience loved it. This to me, and uh, and you know from listening to this, and you know my love for Aleister Black, I was so terrified of what they were doing with him with having him talking in that stupid dark room in the back. <laughs> right. They're doing it right, JB. They're finally getting him right where it's he doesn't have to talk. He just goes out there and lets his moves do the talking, and he's getting over his result. So you feel like we're back on track with I how f- they're handling Black now? I feel like we're, I'm feeling skeptically optimistic. Skeptically optimistic. I'm feeling like we're back on track. I'm... I'm I am a little excited. I'm getting a little excited. Oh, I mean, maybe they, maybe they should put them on the main show, but you know, hey, whatever. As if, long as they have some plans. If it takes them time yeah. to get him right, it just matters that they get him right. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Rowan Shirt Watch. Rowan Shirt Watch real quick. Um, a band that I know you have absolutely no idea who they are, and that's Necro Goblin. Necro Goblin. What? Not Necro Grobrin. Necro Goblin. When I first They're awesome. When I first read the name, for some reason I read it in the Ermagerberms voice. And now that's what Necro Goblin Nercro, means to me. Necro Goblin. Necro Goblin. No, they're great. Uh, uh, talk about weird YouTube videos. They got over by having a, a really awesome YouTube video, but uh, that's how I first found out about them. But well, all good right. good good thrashy metal. Uh Rowan still with the still with the good taste. 
Good taste, Rowan. A couple more stuff on Monday Night Raw. Kyrie Sane beat Natalia uh, with a little help from Asuka, who gave her a a buzzsaw kick outside the ring and got the countout (laughs) victory. Uh, This was cute. A little awkward at points, but... Asuka's dance, though, when they were doing the countout, it just made my heart so happy. Dude, both Asuka and Kyrie's little, like, angry cat stomp. Right, yeah. Both of them are just... They're just wonderful. Oh, so, so do you think we might be heading towards like Natalia getting a tag team partner and facing off with the Kabukis or am I just, am I Ian booking here? No, I don't think that's, I don't think that's too far out of the realm of possibility. No? I just feel bad for Natty. <laughs> well, why? Because she's, she's just Natty and she's perennially just kind of there? Yeah. Yeah. Be- I feel bad for her because I know that she's talented but for some reason, she just never really gets over. You know, she never gets Well, that, stop, start booking will do that. Yeah, that golden moment of shine just never seems to happen for her. Right. And, yeah. You know, this was I, another nor, example of that. Nor will it ever. She's the Dolph Ziggler of the women's division. So, hate to say it. Yeah. Um, uh, also, that was on, I think something that was on the show was uh, Ricochet comes out because AJ Styles is back, I should say. By the way, I, I give that about as much uh, shine as they gave AJ for coming back. It's like, oh, AJ's back. Okay, oh, whatever. Hey. hey, AJ. You were gone? Oh, were welcome gone. back. All right, cool. Uh, AJ's back, and he and the Good Brothers were in the ring goofing off and saying that AJ was the greatest wrestler of any era on any roster. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, He's Taker. Very humble. Hey, Taker, what do you think about that? Although they did throw a little uh, jab at Goldberg, too, so... Um, the rumors obviously are that AJ's facing Taker at WrestleMania, so I feel like the Goldberg was a red herring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a red heading. <laughs> but out comes Ricochet to say, oh my God, you guys just love to talk. Shut up. Let me face you, AJ. And AJ goes, no, 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 no. Why don't you face somebody else like Machine Gun Carl Anderson here? So we have Carl Anderson versus Ricochet. AJ and Gallows get themselves ejected from ringside and Ricochet picks up the easy victory because he's got to look good on his way to getting absolutely brutalized by Brock Lesnar at Super Showdown. Oh. Hey, just calling a spade a spade. I know you love some Ricochet, but you love that you love that Ricochet. And his eight pack or ten pack or whatever it is. Twelve pack. Twelve pack. Twenty-four pack. It goes all the way down to his penis. His penis is like a corn cob. Oh god. Just goes all the way down. What is wrong with you? Why? It goes Ian, all the way why? down from his pecs. Why? Uh, <laughs> well, now I'm disturbed. Yep. Sorry about that, everybody. That's a visual you can carry you with need you to, to your grave. To the I apologize, apologize for nothing. No. Um, wow. I don't even know where I was now. All right. So AJ Styles is back, uh, and uh, Ricochet is trying to look strong on his way to facing Brock Lesnar. Was this an underwhelming return for AJ, or is it just that they want to underplay his injury? Because he has to turn around and be so strong so quickly. I thought they could have given him a little more shine. I mean, he I got mean, a whole speech, I guess, right? Yeah, but it it didn't feel like a big deal. They were just having fun out there. Yeah, the commentary yeah. kind of buried him a little bit too. Right, it didn't know. feel like a big return to me. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it wasn't. He was only out a month. So it wasn't really technically a big return. I don't know. Maybe Maybe we're just being nitpicky. I, I mean, it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. He's, he's, he's set up to win. So he's got to have that two-week trophy match with a gauntlet match in Super Showdown. It's him versus Rusev, Andrade, Lashley, Rowan, and R-Truth. And I'm sorry. I can't look at that as anything, but AJ is just fated to win that thing just to give him something to brag about, which will 
call out the ta- call out Taker, make him look good on the way to facing Taker. That's the mm. only thing I can look at that uh, as. I don't think that's a bad bet. Um, and Ricochet, what's happening to him after Super Showdown? Like, what, does he just disappear again? Well, it's Super Showdown. I mean, does it really count? I suppose not, but that's what makes it kind of sad, doesn't it? Well, yeah, the Super Showdown as a concept is is <laughs> kind sad. Of sad. Yeah, uh, so I don't I don't ever worry too much about what happens there because I know they're just going to go get their money and they'll fix whatever they have to fix afterwards because the results of the match are to appease you know the government there. They're just yeah, getting their money. They're just they're there to make them happy and they want yeah. a Brock match. They want to see him kill a small person. Exactly. So kill a small put, human. I don't put too much stock into it. I'm not worried for Ricochet. I'm worried about him after the fact though because it feels like he's a sacrificial lamb to Brock now and are they going to have something for him to turn around? He's, I mean, well, he's not being... hasn't been a sacrificial lamb to Brock? Uh... Ro- All right, exactly. two shows. Seth, Careers I guess. Go on. Seth, that's about it. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. You got me. Uh, finally, one last thing on Raw. Riddick Moss defended his 24-7 championship. That's still a thing. Still a thing. Against R-Truth and Mojo Rawley. This was just a fun little match. Riddick, by the way, Riddick looked really good yeah. in this. Dude is fired up. He's jacked. Like, not mad at it. No. Um, I feel bad for Mojo Rawley. Definitely. He felt like the third wheel here. Like, even R-Truth got a shine moment where he got to imitate his childhood hero. Ah, his childhood hero, John, John Cena. Cena. Did the whole thing, man. You can't see me. Five knuckle shuffle. The whole thing. Very Adorable. cute. Cute little cute little segment. Uh, yeah. Moss picks up the win again and uh, runs off with his 24-7 championship. <laughs> which Immediately. Is, which... It's the only thing they're still nodding to it being a 24-7 champ. Well, I guess, no. Uh, they did have something on YouTube... I think it was today where Riddick, someone ambushed, I think Mojo ambushed Riddick, Riddick Moss in the Funko factory and tried to take it off of him. Yeah, so I, I guess they're the still doing it. The outside of the ring is more fun for it this championship. Is. At least they're actually having matches with it, getting it on TV and making it feel a little bit more important, which it needs. Right. But there's still some work to be done. So Agreed. Well, yeah. that was it for Monday Night Raw. Uh, any final words on Raw, Miss JB or... No, it's yeah. a pretty good raw. Pretty good raw. Pretty good raw. Pretty entertained. They've been, they've been, they have, the ship has been righted over there on the red brand. I Finally. have to say. So while we're in a positive mood, let's head over and talk about our moment of positivity. Ah, moment of positivity. Moment of positivity. My Aww. favorite mop. I, it's the mop. It's Love the mop. mop. What was your mop? For the week, Miss JB, for the, at least for these for these two, the the takeover and raw of all of this wrestling that you watched, what was the moment that was most positive for you? That made you ah, smile? That made you glow inside? There were so many moments. Was it Tegan Knox's pants? No, it was not <laughs> Tegan okay, Knox's pants. Just had to check. Um, you know, I, I like I said, I feel like there's so much I could talk about. There were so many great things that happened, but I'm just gonna go with this little one because it made me truly the happiest. Okay. Was was Oscar's dance during the countout? Like I know I mentioned it earlier, but there were a lot really? of moments in the takeover that were like, "Oh my god, that was so crazy! That was right. insane!" My heart, my blood pressure went up. I was so excited. But the one thing that gave me like a true little moment of happiness, Oscar's dance. Oscar's little dance. It was so adorable. It just got increasingly larger with the count, <laughs> and by the end, she was like jumping up and down. I was like, mm, my heart, my heart. In her weird thong shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. All right, fair enough. That's yeah. a that's a good that's a good mop. What um, was your moment of positivity? What made you happy? I, I mean, you know how we feel about Keith Lee on this show. Keith Lee, I, I, it's it's got to be that match, and not just that match, but him helping Dijak up oh. onto the turnbuckle after that match. Yes, you're that was right. where I was just like, my boys, my boys done did good. We've been saying for like since whenever it was 2017, we've been saying on the show like. We've been, we've been proselytizing about these guys and uh, to see it finally like happen and everyone mm-hmm. kind of go, oh my God, like look at this um, and to have them even allow them to have their moment yeah. right then, you know, after all that they've been through and taking essentially this match from a little sweat box in Reseda to this venue, this stage, this, you know, in front of millions of people. Uh, and then to allow them to have that moment after the match where, you know, Keith Lee helps Dijak up onto the ring post as a sign that this isn't just about Keith Lee, who has in some ways eclipsed Dijak in terms of being over, but it was a way to show that, hey man, give some love for this other enormous human who also is capable of doing absolutely unbelievable things in that ring. Mm-hmm. Um, that just gave me all sorts of the warm fuzzies and I've been riding high ever since like, just looking online at everyone's positive reactions to that match. You know, it's yeah, that all of the good feels right. You're there. right. That was really beautiful. Yeah. It might've gotten a little dusty in my apartment in that moment. <laughs> well, it definitely got dusty up in here. So, uh, that does it for our show. Miss JB. Oh no, wait, we got just enough room for our other news lightning round. Do, 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 do. Nice job on the beeps. Thanks. You're welcome. I practiced. Uh, uh, so, so some rumors, some rumors, keep the, think of these as rumors, please, because it's all over the place. British bulldog is being rumored as entering the hall of fame this year. Oh. I'm not going to lie. I was a little shocked he wasn't already in. He's one of those ones that when they said that, I was like, he he's not in there? What? Um, yeah, I haven't thought about him in a minute. Well, I mean, he did pass away 18 years ago, so that's not too surprising. <laughs> uh, at the at the ripe old age of 38. God, so wrestlers die way too young, man. Yeah. Um, but it looks like the Smith family was out in Stamford this last week, so it's seeming like this is a pretty strong, nearly confirmed rumor. We're basically just waiting for WWE to say that Davey Boy Smith will be getting into the Hall of Fame. I guess the question is just, who inducts him? Will it be Bret Hart? Will it be his son, Davey Boy Smith Jr.? Uh, I suspect it will be, uh, he'll be in the crowd at least, but uh, I think Bulldog is... Absolutely. I mean, if he's not, the fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame already, he absolutely should be in there. So, um, other rumors for Hall of Fame. So we know as of right now, Batista and NWO are confirmed. Rumored are Bulldog, the Bellas, and Jushin Thunder Liger. And then, as of today, I saw on Wrestle Inc. that they say that JBL is in consideration to go in this year too. Um, and I know that JBL is a controversial figure. Mm-hmm. To, to put it mildly. <laughs> uh, but is he Hall of Fame worthy? And I would say he has to be. He has to be. The acolytes. Um, the, the All the way back when he was a cowboy. J- J- Brad, when he was... Um, but when, you know, when he was Bradshaw and all the way up to being JBL. Um, 
as the tycoon character, right? And and all the matches he had in the in the two thousands. Yeah, he's absolutely had a Hall of Fame career. If Godfather can be in there, you've got to put JBL in there. That being said, um, as long as he's kind of like squeaks in on the side, I, you know, I'll just kind of shrug and it'll be fine. Mm, yeah. So plus his plus his announcing career, you know, um, Blackjacks. That's what I was trying to remember. The new Blackjacks. I think that was the name of his tag team. Um, so yeah. JBL also possibly going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, something that was announced uh, on TakeOver was that the next UK TakeOver will be April 26th in Dublin, Ireland. Yay! Oh my goodness gracious. Um, dang, that's, that's going to be a hot show. Yeah, it is. Will they have an appearance by Becky Lynch? Uh, or will they just keep it to their UK people? That's I question. mean, I feel like Becky Lynch has to make an appearance, right? I don't think she, don't know if she has to. They like having uh, main roster people come over there, but man, the roof would come off that place if Becky Lynch the shows up there. The last kicker needs to show up. I mean, well, Kaylee Ray is calling her out on Twitter. Yep. So my it, bets are on she's showing up. It could it could happen. Or you might get Seamus. <laughs> <laughs> I would be mad at Seamus. Why'd you Seamus. say it like that? Seamus is great. He is great. Becky's way more over than he is well, right now. Yeah. Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, all right. Uh Shelton Benjamin has signed a new multi-year deal with WWE. I guess Shelton. he's gonna be Shelton. Benjamin. Benjamin, exactly. He's gonna be there for a new another few years, probably in some sort of weird skit where he's looking around and thinking. Uh, like Galifianakis in The Hangover. So don't know what the heck that was. They never really did explain that, did no. they? Hot plot holes. Plot holes. WWE never has plot holes. What are you talking about, JP? You could <laughs> write a book about WWE plot holes. Oh, Lord. Um, WrestleMania, John Cena. He's coming on SmackDown uh, next week, I believe. They announced that he's going to be there on SmackDown, and he's going to probably set up his WrestleMania plans. It's looking like his opponent is going to be, this is the rumor, at least, Elias. Which is weird because, yeah. as of right now, John Cena is a face and Elias is a face. Are we going to see the return of the Doctor of Thugonomics heal John Cena? Will Elias <laughs> go back to the dark side again? Uh, what's going to happen? Or is it just going to be they're going to have a, a a song off, a rap versus rock? I don't know. This sounds terrible to me. I'm not going to lie. What if it's yep. John Cena? Yep. Instead of Elias, it's versus our truth, and they have a John Cena off, each being John Cena. I mean, I feel like they've already done that, but I wouldn't. I would never be mad at that. Uh, I'm just saying. A, a match for who is the real John Cena? Hashtag Brooke booking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first official Brooke booking. First of all, the JB book. The JBB. Uh, Kenta Kobashi had his knee surgery. Apparently, it was successful. the The doctor said. That Mr. Kobashi's surgery was six and a half hours long because Kobashi's hard bones wore out so many drills. Dear Lord. When they say Kobashi's a hard dude, they're not kidding. He's literally like, he's got Wolverine bones. They're laced with adamantium. They wore out drills. I mean, that's terrifying, but a wonderful trait to have as a wrestler. I, I guess so, right? That's yeah. a great trait to have. Hard bones. That's, I, I don't even know how that is possible, <laughs> but... The man drank a lot of milk. I don't know how to deal with this either. I think I write. They don't calcium kids. I didn't think calcium. they drank that much milk in Japan. I don't Something. remember there being a lot of milk when I was <laughs> over there. I guess there's a lot. Of, I guess there's milk over there. Yeah, man. I didn't think that was part of the 
major, not like over here where it's, you know, in cereal all the time and everything. I don't know. Anyway, hard bones on Kenta Kobashi. <laughs> the more you know. The weird, weird news story. I had to throw it in there, though. Uh, speaking of wrestling on the other side of the pond, stardom has canceled all of its February shows due to coronavirus. Uh, the the next show that they're having is March 8th in Karakuen Hall, but that's going to be an empty arena show, but it will be shown free on YouTube. So good grief, shutting down stardom yeah. entirely for the month of February. Better uh, safe than sorry, I guess. I guess. New Japan is saying uh, better sorry than safe. They're saying their shows will go on. They're going to cancel all their meets and greets and autograph signings. And everyone who's coming to the show, please don't come if you're sick and wear surgical masks. There'll be disinfectant available all over the place. So they're, wow. they're going hard on it as well, but they're still going to keep their shows going. It also helps for them that a lot of the shows they're having over the next month uh, are smaller shows. The cup doesn't start for, I think, the first week or so of March. So they've they just got some Road 2 shows. So they're mm, it's still... Must be a little freaky. Crazy. Uh, Cody had a uh, he had a press call. We'll be getting more and more of those because uh, well, I- I'll wait. I'll wait on that news until Nick gets back. We got some cool news coming about this show and uh, and uh, and AEW. But I'll save that for when Nick gets back. But Cody had a press conference call. Uh, he had a lot of talking points. I'll rip through them really quickly here. Uh, he said that uh, Jeff Cobb and AEW are still in a quote gestation stage. Uh, so the talks are still happening there. That's, that sounds like what we said on the show last week, which was basically that Jeff Cobb's still kind of a hired gun. AEW is trying to lock him down, but he's still working all over the place. So don't expect him to be only there. Um, Cody also said we are not likely to see more of the WCW named events that he uh, he he owns the rights to. He said except one. And I wasn't able to figure out which one, if it was Bash at the Beach or which one he was referring to. But mm. uh, so he's got a bunch of the names for these events, but he only wants to use one of them. Questions. Mm. The Dynamite After Double or Nothing will also be held at MGM in Vegas. So hey. if you're thinking of going out and seeing Double or Nothing in Vegas, stick around. There's more AEW to come out there. Um, wonder, they haven't. They didn't sell out Double or Nothing. It wasn't an immediate sellout like before, but they also don't have... Um, the uh, star uh, star cast going on at the same time. Mm. So that might have been made it less of an appealing proposition for people to come all over the place to see the show. So I uh, wonder how they'll do on the show after they couldn't even sell out the, the pay-per-view. Uh, he acknowledged that their women's division is quote growing and to be patient. So acknowledging the fact that it's not the, the best right now, but that they do have plans good. to make it better. No, at least he's aware. And, and first he's, step to recovery. Exactly, is acknowledgement, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or what is it? Uh, admitting that you have a problem? Yep. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Taz is working with him as a talent scout. They, went, they want to go to the NCAA finals and the NFL combine to look for talent, so they're looking at creating homegrown talent as well. Interesting that Taz is working there as a talent scout. Uh, the Ring of Honor relationship is, quote, good, and they're trying to work on the rights to the all-in show, the at least showing the actual show. Uh, currently, the Bucks and Dana Massey own the name all-in. So they're trying to work with Ring of Honor. He says that their relationship is good, so things might be happening there. I can't imagine their their uh, relationship would be bad, considering that currently one of the guys that's got some some big stroke over there is their boy, Marty Skrull. Oh, yeah. Oh, Marty. And finally, he said, uh, actually, a couple more things. Dynamite says... He says Dynamite will excel 
on different nights. He wants he sees dynamite on different nights in the future, like go moving to a different night. He specifically mentioned Monday night, meaning he might at some point in the future exactly say, "Yeah, NXT is good and all, but I'm gunning for Monday Night Raw." So that was a that was an interesting call. Uh, and finally, he said to ignore Val Venus and his, his his my words, not his, but his disgusting comments about Nyla Rose after winning the championship, the mm-hmm. women's championship. Uh, he said that he was disappointed in those comments, but that to not give him any attention Good. Uh, because the last thing that guys like that need is, is attention. It just feeds all of that. He said, just ignore it. And, and you know, we're going to keep keep on keeping on. So. Cody's still very supportive of Nala Rose. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other news, a couple more news items. One of the reasons for the janky intro music in WWE, you know how they do the fade back and forth? Yeah. That's really awful. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons for that is that they're currently having issues with their music guys, and they really only have in-house producers working. They don't have the CFO dollar sign, or however you pronounce their name, uh, is currently in a, uh, a bit of a publisher's rights scrum. Their publishers don't want to work with WWE right now. And so CFO S or whatever are stuck in the middle, as are a lot of the theme songs. WWE has the rights to use them live, but they can't really affect them. Hence why you get some of the just fading back and forth. Um, and they haven't really nailed. They, they've been uh, at this point, they've been sourcing out music to get music, um, which is why some of the themes are a little bit janky and they're not being remixed properly. Uh, so WWE in a bit of a limbo right now in terms of who's working on their music. They don't have an in-house guy anymore. So that might explain some of the issues with entrance music. Well, now we know. Now we know. And finally, Tiger Hattori, legendary Japanese uh, New Japan ring ref, is retiring tomorrow. His retirement show is tomorrow. So I just wanted to end on some best wishes for Tiger Hattori-san. Yeah, go is, get him, Tiger. Who, who is just absolutely amazing and, and love that guy. So best to Tiger Hattori. And that is the news, Miss JB. That we did it. We did it. We you, did it. You did it. You made it through another show. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for JB. She brought. She came in Aww. at the last minute to help us with this, and we very much appreciate it. Um, it and, my pleasure. And, and please feel free to give her feedback and love over in the Facebook discussion group. Nick will be back this Saturday. We'll be back at 12 Pacific three Eastern live on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash busted wide open. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at BWO podcast, Patreon at patreon.com forward slash BWO sign up for some stuff over there. So you can get in on the mailbag episode, which goes on on Saturdays after our flagship show. Uh, let's see what else. How, what else, what else does Nick talk about here? Facebook discussion group. <laughs> we talked about it before discord server, check all that stuff out. Thank Be you for patron. joining us today. Be a patron. Thank you all for checking us out today. We'll be back later in the week. Hopefully, Nick will have come down from cloud nine by then. Heal up, Nick. We love you. Heal up, buddy. Get back soon. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. But I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. And I am Judith Brooke, and you can find me on Twitter at Judith Brooke. Oh, my God! Would somebody stop the damn back? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.